Hello and welcome to the Swift Coders podcast, where each week we interview an amazing Swift developer about their experience with Apple's new open source programming language. We hear their stories, learn their tips and tricks, and try to leave you feeling inspired and empowered on your Swift Coder journey. I'm your host, Garrick, and today's guests are Bob Williams and Charles Long. Bob and Charles are the founders and lead instructors of App Camp at Asheville School, a private boarding school in North Carolina. Welcome to the show, guys. Hello. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for being here. What are you guys up to? What's going on? Uh, well, we're just planning for another year of App Camp. Uh, we've right got on. A, got one, uh, two weeks of residential camp coming up this summer for the first time. We've had a day camp in the past, and uh, we're we're going to ramp it up to, to residential this summer. So people out there might be wondering, what's going on? You have two guests. So I think that this is the first time we've done this before. And yeah, so uh, I can't remember where we met exactly. I think we've talked in person for the first time at Dub Dub, I believe. Yes, Bob, yes. I remember. And actually, Charles, right. I remember yeah. meeting you as well. Right, that's right. And um, I think that you guys uh, said you wanted to be on, you wanted to talk about AppCap. Do you guys remember? Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, that was great. What, what was the story behind uh, us meeting and, and coming on the show today? I think you just, uh, I saw on Twitter that you were going to have a meetup, and I've been listening to your show for a while. Um, usually when I'm cutting the grass or something, I just put your show on, and, and uh, <laughs> it's great to listen to. Um, so, and I, I always learn something from it. So, And whenever right. Bob is whenever Bob is cutting grass, he says, hey, you need to listen to the Swift Coders podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I usually text Charles afterwards and say, you need to listen to this episode. Right on. So, yeah, it's a little uh, different. We've never had two people on at the same time, um, like two guests on. And um, so Bob and Charles work together at App Camp, and they wanted to come on the show today to tell us about what it is. And so what we're going to do today is uh, before we learn, um, when we, before we deep dive into App Camp, we're going to learn just a little bit about it, and then we're going to try to learn as much as we can about uh, Bob and Charles as individuals and then we will uh, get on to a deep dive into AppCamp. So briefly, can you just describe uh, what is AppCamp and what do you guys do there? AppCamp is basically uh, a crash course, a one-week crash course, and it actually doesn't, it doesn't matter what your background experience is in computer science. The goal for AppCamp was for us to bring in young uh, teenagers, 13 to, through 18, uh, regardless of experience, and basically take them from zero to 60. And it was a very, um, I guess it was really ambitious the first year we did this because we weren't really sure what to expect in terms of bringing in students that didn't have background in computer science. And so we feel like the App Camp, uh, this is our we're heading into our fourth year of App Camp, mm -hmm. and basically a student can show up whether they have no experience or a lot of computer science experience. We bring them up to speed within a couple of days on computer science, and then we dive into projects with Xcode, and then we finish off the week with uh, in the last couple of days with a game. So uh, it's a pretty tight schedule, but so far the reviews have been great. Parents are really happy about it. And uh, we're excited to expand it further this year. And is this something that the students do during normal school hours? Is it an extracurricular activity? Is it something they do in the summer? 
Yeah, it's something we started uh, after App Camp. We started a technology afternoon activity at the school. So some of the kids are playing sports. Some of them are in mountaineering, and others uh, can come to app development in the afternoons and, and learn Swift um, for you know an hour and a half each afternoon. And so, so this is after my, my classes. I go to yeah, I go to school. I learn math. And, yeah. Okay. So this is you know after like three o'clock, let's say. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. extracurricular. It's extracurricular. Um, and then we also have some computer science courses as well that are part of the curriculum, but this, the Swift, uh, app development is, uh, is extracurricular. Um, we're actually working on making that a credit. Uh, we're also talking about some potential partnerships with some colleges in the area. So, um, it's, it's exciting. Okay. And if, uh, if I'm a student at Asheville school, how do I, how do I, how do I sign up? Is that something I have to pay for? Is it extra? Is I have to choose no, between one thing or the other, or well, they have to choose between you know mountaineering or football or something else. But um, a lot of the the kids that are interested in computer science sign up because that's what they want to do twenty four seven. So um, you know they come in and they're pretty excited about it. And um, how long is the program? Uh, so it's it's in the fall, uh, so it goes until early November, um, and then we switch over to robotics. Uh, okay. for the for the winter portion um, and so in the fall it's swift and xcode and in yes. in, in the uh, spring or winter and in the spring we we do touch on we only we only have time for about two weeks of swift in the spring because it's it's a tinkering with technology afternoon activity so we want to teach them you know adobe photoshop and maya animation software and reason music software and things like that so we we touch on a lot of different uh, software within you know an Arduino uh, eight, eight to ten week period so. Raspberry Pi yeah. anything that we enjoy playing with that we want to teach kids how to use okay <laughs> and how many students are in let's say the fall the fall it's usually you know last year I think it was eight uh, eight to ten so it's okay. usually it's usually in that number it's a small enough number where you know we can kind of give them a lot of attention. Okay, so it's actually kind of a small number. Is this something mm-hmm. that's unique in your area or? Yeah, I think so. I think it's uh, fairly unique. Um, we're actually because it's it's a small number, and we have you know students that. I mean, we're we're a very small school, um, so we have students who are interested in lots of different things. So we only have you know eight or ten students per activity. We're hoping to partner with some other schools so we can bring in some other middle school students into um, to this class as well. But this is probably what would, would be next year um, okay. during the school year. Uh, okay, so we can so expose you, them to Swift as well. And you guys are the founders and lead instructors. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So, so App Camp, uh, we started that the year after Swift came out. Uh, we were actually at the in in uh, San Francisco at the conference, and uh, looked at each other, and said, "You know, we we need to we need to teach this now. This is a new language. This is something we could teach because as soon as they started showing playgrounds and everything, we said, "Okay, we could teach this." Cuz we we came from the Objective C background. And we we tried that once. We tried teaching Objective C and we only had an hour to do it and it just failed miserably. So mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So when Swift came out, we we knew this was a perfect language to teach um, our high school students and and even middle school students. So and you guys were already working at this school and doing yeah. uh, you know some other type of job, and you guys mm-hmm. uh, you know, offered this up as an idea, or how did that work out? 
we just, yeah, we basically went to the administration, went to our head of school and said we would love to teach an app camp. Um, you know, what do you think about this? We had already created an app for the school, kind of a promotional app, and it was all done in Objective-C. Um, but when Swift came out, we decided, okay, we're going to rewrite this app in Swift, and we did the next year. But then we also said, let's, let's start a camp. Um, and he said, go for it. So kind of went from there. And what are your positions at the school when you're not working, you know, leading the camp? So uh, this is Bob. I'm the director of communications. And this is Charles. I'm director of technology. Okay. Yeah, he's funny. I've never done like a two-person interview before. We should probably do that. (laughs) Bob, say hi, Bob. Hi, this is Bob. (laughs) Charles, let's hear you say hi. Hi, everyone. This is Charles. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's cool. Okay, so I think we got a good understanding of what App, uh, App Camp is, um, what you guys do there. Uh, so let's take a moment and let's back up and let's uh, speak to each of you individually and learn uh, you know, how you got to where you are. So, Bob, why don't we start with you? Uh, tell us how you got into Swift. You know, take, t- take us back okay. to the beginning. <laughs> All right, well, okay, so I guess the first project that I worked on with Charles, we started doing some video Uh, kind of flash video projects, and it didn't require any coding. And then we decided to tackle a virtual tour, um, an online virtual tour for the school. And this is for our website, and Flash was big at the time. Um, And so ActionScript, I think that was the first real programming language I had ever seen um, before, uh, unless you want to count the, like, one, um, I think I had a, like a semester class in high school that was called computer science, and I think it was basic, but I completely forgot about that class until <laughs> until ActionScript came along. Um, but, yeah, so that's that's kind of how we got started. Um, and I, I just said, I don't want to do any of the coding. I'm sorry, I don't, I'll just do all the design work, and Charles, you can do the coding. I don't want to deal with that. Um, and I just thought it was too complicated. I didn't think I would like it um, until we started working on the app. So years later, the iPad came out. Our virtual tour didn't work on the iPad because of Flash. So we decided, okay, we need to make an app version of this. Um, and it turned into to a much bigger app um, by the time it was all said and done. But when we did that, we, we, were, we went all in to Objective-C. Uh, and and that, was, uh, that was pretty difficult. <laughs> that first year at WWDC, 2010, we were completely overwhelmed. We said we don't belong here. <laughs> these are all these are all professionals. We don't. We shouldn't be here. Um, but we stuck with it. We worked after hours on the app and finally finished it. So, so before the Flash and Action Script, had you done any programming, or was it just that one class no, that you vaguely remember? It was that one class I vaguely remembered, and that was it. Um, so I was completely new to any programming language with really with Objective C. I, I didn't really do much with the ActionScript side. So. so you were working at Asheville School at the time, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's around maybe 2009 or 2010 or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you meet up with Charles and you guys, let's make this uh, you know virtual tour website. Yep. So you start playing around with um, with ActionScript and Flash. It sounds like Charles maybe you already had some programming experience. We'll learn about that in a sec. Mm-hmm. And um, that that takes you to, you know, running the website on the iPad, and there's no Flash on on mobile Safari on an yep. iPad, so it didn't work. And so you you decided you wanted to you know make an app, and 
so it, how did you go from like never programming to like sort of playing around with Flash but only doing design? And then now it sounds like I mean you're <laughs> you founded this app camp, yeah. you're a lead instructor, like you were doing Objective C. Now it sounds like you're focused on Swift. Um, I mean, how how, how did you? A lot of a lot of reading, a lot of uh, pain and agony and perseverance, (laughs) Uh, a lot of uh, Stack Overflow. I hate to say that, but that's (laughs) that's that's what it ends up being when you when you work on projects and you can't figure something out. So, are you working with Swift during your day job? Let's say outside of the camp, are you working with Swift? I am some. Uh, I think the fact that we have the afternoon activity helps me kind of keep working in Swift. Um, but I'm always I'm always working on you know either updating our existing app or working on just some little side projects for myself. What would you say to somebody that uh, you know maybe they have their first career well into it? Uh, we're not going to presume anything, but mm-hmm. and then they kind of have this thought like, well, maybe I could you know, make an app, but ah, I don't know, it's not for me, I'm to this or I'm to mm-hmm. that. Did you ever feel that? And, and what would you say to somebody that felt that to overcome something like that? You know, I felt like that, especially at WWDC that first year, 2010, I felt like I'm, I'm too old for this. I, all these people are younger than me. They're not, you know, they're, they've been doing this for 20 years if they are older than me. Um, and I didn't think I belonged, but, you know, I'd say... Give it a try. If it's something you're really passionate about, if it's something you really want to accomplish, then you're just going to have to, you know, work harder and um, spend more time on it. But don't give up. Do you remember anything in particular at DubDub that made you feel like you didn't belong, or do you think that you were just projecting? Or, you know, I think I just I didn't have. I mean, looking back on it, it's kind of silly. I had this simple little app that I had created. Um, you know, the and the developer was very nice uh, <laughs> and saying, oh, yeah, you only have a few bugs here. But uh, it was really not a very good app. Um, but, you know, at least I had some code to show him. Um, and I think that was the year, you know, we went to all the sessions. We didn't really go to the labs. Um, and we learned later that you need to be in the labs. <laughs> so, um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think I just... Um, that first year, I just didn't feel like I was quite to the level, and I really wasn't. I uh, was kind of new to it. Um, so I did a lot of work and, and a lot of work on the project that following year, and I felt more like I felt like I belonged that second year. What Dub-Dub. made you uh, think to go to DubDub? I think we, that's a good question. Um, I mean, we had researched it, we had watched some videos online. And I think we started with the Stanford videos and had heard about the labs and thought, okay, well, if we take them some of our code, then that might help. And the school was, you know, willing to pay for it. So I think that's that's kind of what, what started the first year. And it didn't sell out as quick. We'd also been to two Adobe conferences, so we're used mm-hmm. to going to conferences. So, Okay. And at what point did you realize or feel comfortable that, you know, you could do it, that you didn't have – because at, at first you said you didn't want to do any of the programming. You were just going to do the, mm-hmm. the design work. At what point did you realize, you know, I can do or I want to do the development, the coding? It, it probably after I, if you know, after Charles gave me a few projects to tackle, he said, okay, I want you to work on this. And, you know, it involves some code. And then the more I worked on it, the more I felt like, oh, I really like this. This is, <laughs> this is fun. This is problem solving. I like this. And, it just kind of went from there. 
Um, and also, you know, just I enjoyed the researching. We had to research for that app. We had to research. Uh, Facebook wasn't built in. So we had to go in and, and check out the Facebook API. And actually, we actually got that to work. But um, I was proud of that. You know, it's like, wow, I'm on the original iPad and Facebook works. Um, but, you know, now it's it's all built in. Do you remember what the hardest part was of of making that transition from going, you know, going from not interested or, or not even giving myself a chance to enjoying it, enjoying the problem solving, enjoying the research. Do you remember what the hardest part was? I think it's just, it's getting through those first couple of really tough problems. And I think having Charles here as, you know, someone that is helpful and supportive, I mean, I couldn't have done it without him because if, if I didn't have someone to kind of, you know, it's just nice to have somebody else that you can say, hey, is this right? Am I, the, am I heading in the right direction here? Um, and I think that's what I want to give back with AppCamp because with AppCamp, you know, I know it's hard. I mean, when you're watching videos online and you don't have anyone face-to-face that you can talk to, um, it's, it's harder. And so I think that's something that we want to do for the kids um, to keep them motivated. I definitely relate to that. I gained a lot from going to meetups and hosting meetups, mm-hmm. and I always encourage that. So it sounds like having Charles, uh, having someone you know to work with was a really benefit, you know, really helped you. So I always recommend that for people. Yeah, uh, if you can't meet up in person, you know, meet up, meet online, you know, mm-hmm. go into forums and, and Slack teams and this and that. Yeah. So that's great. Well, uh, good thing Charles was there to help you, uh, you know, get into it because it sounds like you enjoy it. Oh yeah. Uh, Charles, why don't we learn about you? Uh, Tell us about uh, how you got into programming. Um, Let's see. In a galaxy long, long ago, in a galaxy far, far away. um, (laughs) Actually, um, as far back as I can remember, um, I think I was in third grade, and I was academically gifted. And so when you're academically gifted, they take you out of your regular classes and put you into an AG class. And when that happened, I think this is basically what I remember. We had a different math book, and that math book had basic programming in the back of it. Um, And so I used that math book, uh, and we had one computer in the entire school. Um, This was, uh, I'm 38, so if you want to do the calculations. But but there was one Apple II computer in the entire school, and it was in the academically gifted classes. And so... I was able to take that book and, you know, learn that there was a, uh, I think it's Open Apple B might have been what you used to actually initiate basic. And so you type in your 10 print, what is your name, in quotes, and input a dollar sign. And I thought it was interesting that you could make a computer do something by typing in commands. It's sort of that light bulb moment that you go, oh, wait a minute, this is how Pong works, or this is how... You know, whatever program that's sitting on a desk, this is how it works. This is the way that you program the applications. Um, and so I don't really know why I was interested at, in, in that at an early age, but I'm glad I, I was. Um, and then I can fast forward to, I guess I can attribute everything I know to other people. I think that's the most important thing, um, is that leaning on the shoulder of other people is how you can, you know, accomplish these goals. And that's really the goal for the app camp. And so I look at all the people along the way. It would be too long of a story to try to explain it all, but there were people along my pathway that I would learn some, you know, DOS commands or I'd learn 
different applications from each person. And as, as I got older and older, I was really interested in computer science um, and computer programming. So I said, you know, this would be a great career to go into. I think I want to do game development specifically. And so I think I was in middle school, uh, maybe high school, when we, had, we actually had an Apple lab um, in the library. And in our library, we didn't have that many computer books, but there was Fortran, there was COBOL, um, some other languages. Um, and I read every book that we had trying to figure out how can I develop these games. And there was not that many resources. There was no Google, there was no Facebook, there was no Stack Overflow, there was nothing. <laughs> um, there was maybe AltaVista uh, or Yahoo, possibly, and even later. But um, the resources that exist today are just uh, unreal. And so what really changed everything was in high school, in 10th grade, I had a math teacher who was an IBM programmer or a former IBM programmer. And so I'm sitting in math class. He's introducing himself. His name was Mr. Gabriel. Um, I always reference him as the, the person who changed my life. And he's introducing himself, and he says, my name is Richard Gabriel. I worked for IBM prior to working at this high school. And he went on to tell his story. And the students were asking, well, why did you leave IBM? Because hmm. all we knew is IBM is a really good paying job. So why would you leave IBM to come to a high school to teach um, teenagers? And he said the one line that I'll never forget and rings true today, today uh, which is, I was going to work every day. I was writing code. I would go home, I would think about code. I would sleep and think about code. I'd dream about code. I'd wake up and eat breakfast thinking about code. My family thought I was a code. <laughs> and he said, but I realized I wasn't really helping anyone. We'd do these large projects, and then they'd disappear, and then you felt like you weren't really helping anyone uh, because the projects were so isolated. They really didn't know what they were working on in the, in the large scope of things. And he said he felt like he needed to do something to give back. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, that's not very smart. <laughs> <laughs> You're obviously getting paid a lot of money, but you, you chose to come back and teach students in high school and math. That's interesting. Um, but after that class, uh, myself and a couple of other friends went up and said, hey, can you teach us how to do programming? Um, and he said, sure let's start a little programming club. And so every afternoon we would go to his classroom and he'd teach us C++. Wow. And so um, that was pretty much where, where my life changed. And after that semester, he came back to the club and said, what do you think about me petitioning the school to, um, to actually create a class? And we said, oh, that'd be great. And so he did, and the next semester he was teaching computer programming, and it was using Pascal language. Mm -hmm. And um, I still love the Pascal language. I wish that uh, we could still use it for something useful. <laughs> mm -hmm. But maybe it's just nostalgia. I, I really got a really deep understanding of, of uh, structures in Pascal, and so that led to uh, other things. C++ was the first language, but it was the basic sort of programming. You weren't doing anything complicated with C++. Um, but from there, um, in college, I took Java, 
And my eyes were open because I had a really, really good computer science teacher for the first class who used a lot of examples and analogies. And that's something we do in our app camp. But that, but she was a really good instructor. I'm really glad that I had her for, for my first teacher. She laid the foundation for understanding classes and objects. And if you don't understand cl- classes and objects, you really can't do programming, um, app development at least. Um, and so I really feel fortunate that she was my teacher and was able to allow us to hit those moments where we could, where we could say, oh, now I understand how this game works or this software works. Um, that was pretty amazing, just how you can build repeatable code. So that was really interesting. And um, skipping years ahead, um, <laughs> I spent m- the majority of my time in IT, uh, as most people in the computer field did. And um, one situation led to the next, and I ended up working for Asheville School. Um, and I was working in the IT department, and I was here about five years, so from 2001 to 2006. Um, I looked up and said, wait, I've been here five years. What am I going to do with my life? Am I just going to do IT work forever? And coincidentally, one of the science teachers sent a letter to me that said, do you know anyone that knows computer science? Because we have uh, an invitation to do a computer science competition, and there's a few students interested in going. And I said, sure, I, I know programming, so I don't mind being the, you know, the sponsor of this club. And I started tutoring these students with computer science. And it, it was almost like that weird moment where you realize, wait, I'm actually alive in this world. There's, it's almost <laughs> like that moment where, I don't know what you call it, but it's, it's like you're sitting in space and the world is just, you know, the planets are spinning around you. <laughs> it's this, it's this, this feeling you get like, wait a minute, this, is, uh, this reminds me of something I've done before. Uh, or situation I've been in before. And, and it reminded me of Mr. Gabriel, who said, I feel like I'm giving back when I'm teaching students. And so here I am t- tutoring these students in computer science, and they're getting excited about learning computer science. And I'm seeing them hit those light bulb moments, and I realize, oh, this is this is really great. So I went to the school and said, hey, we should do this. And of course, they're thinking, uh, go back to your corner, finish <laughs> working on the email server. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And coincidentally with that, I, I was working with Bob on side projects. And what was really great about working with Bob is that, you know, I had a computer science background with and dabbled in and out of design applications. And Bob was uh, director of communications and doing a lot of the work in-house with Adobe Suite. And so our skills overlapped. He was a really good designer. I was a really good programmer. And so we had tackled these crazy projects, um, these video projects that, that were uh, off the chart, you know, it took us three or four weeks to make the video. It was really, really fun to work with them. And then we tackled the virtual tour, like you mentioned. And um, it was just a really good fit. Um, He was doing the design work and I was doing the programming. Um, And then of course we went into the app uh, on the iPad, developing that application. And that's when uh, Bob said, I think I want to do some programming. And I'm thinking, Really? <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> and I didn't know where to start, and I think he went out and got an Objective-C book, and in my <laughs> mind I was kind of shaking my head. You're, you don't know what you're getting into. <laughs> yes, I got, I got the Objective-C for Dummies book. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I read, but maybe three pages, and <laughs> said, uh, I'm not sure I'm cut out for this. 
And so we, uh, we were working on this app together, and there would be some basic concepts that um, once we went over, you know, if statements and for loops and that sort of thing, just so because I, there was so much to write with the app that we started to realize it was going to take a long time to build the app. Um, and so there were some things that we had to offload. And uh, Bob was one of the things I really, I knew that he would be a developer, he would become more of a developer is when he, when I saw he wouldn't give up. I think that's the biggest takeaway from uh, newcomers. You're going to run into roadblocks and you have to be persistent. And um, when I saw that, I said, well, he's not really a computer science uh, major, but um, he doesn't understand data structures, but he's persistent. So if I show him something, he will probably continue to work at it until he understands it. So that was what really helped. And the, and I think the other thing was um, when we went to the Apple uh, developer conference and we were trying to use Xcode to design our app, it was looking like Xcode. <laughs> and I looked at Bob and I said, I think I know what the problem is, Bob. I said, you're used to designing things in Adobe Suite. And I said, I think you need to go back to Adobe Suite and design it, and we'll force Xcode to look, and de we'll design it where it looks like mm -hmm. something that came out of InDesign, because that's what you're used to. And I think that's what really made our app stand out, because it wasn't we weren't pulling in a table view and a, and a scroll view and just leaving it with the default settings. That was, mm. that was long before Adobe XD was created. So, <laughs> What's Adobe XD? So that's uh, a, that's something they released what two years ago for designing essentially like prototype, designing prototype applications. Prototypes, yeah. Oh, okay. So cool. it's it's actually you should check it out um, if you have an Adobe account. Um, it's actually pretty good for for prototyping. So, so Charles, sorry, go ahead. So I wanted to, to wrap up my um, experience by ba basically saying along the way I think I've learned seventeen computer programming languages. Um, and, it, and the hardest thing for me was going to Objective-C. At least I had a C++ background way back in the day, but it was really difficult learning Objective-C after coming from Java because I wasn't used to pointers. It had been you know 15 years since I used pointers, and I understood them, but I didn't really have a full grasp on them. Um, and so at the first conference, I was more frustrated than I was confused. I, like that's not what a protocol is. That's not what <laughs> that's not what that's called. <laughs> it's like learning Spanish and French and and comparing the two languages the entire time, or maybe more like Spanish and Chinese, because Objective C was was pretty uh, pretty pretty uh, funky. <laughs> so by the time you decided to build the first Asheville app. Had you had any experience in Objective-C or Mac development or iOS development, Charles? Not necessarily. When we, when we started building the app, I had been watching the videos for about six months um, and the Stanford videos um, and the lynda.com videos. And um, I think there was other sites that I watched. But I understood, you know, computer science is computer science, but looking at code and being able to figure out what what's going on is the hardest part when you're switching languages um, and so a lot of it was you know learn as we go a lot of it was I need to understand the stack overflow code because we think it does what we want it to do but we're not really sure <laughs> let's just copy paste and hit run <laughs> and uh, if you don't understand the code then obviously it doesn't build and you spend 
many nights scratching your head, banging your head against the wall. And uh, finally you figure it out and realize, oh, wait, this is what the documentation on Apple site says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got to go to the documentation yeah. first. Uh, you know, it's usually, it's got some good information in there. Definitely should read it. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it's confusing or for me, it was just hard to even understand what the documentation was saying. Right. Like I felt like yeah. I needed I needed to learn I did. I needed to learn about the documentation and how to read the documentation, mm -hmm. you know, where to look first. It sounds like you guys sort of learned iOS development together, um, you know, sort of at the same yeah. time. Uh, was there any, did you ever notice anything um, where you might like, you might have figured like Charles would have, you know, figured this out first or would have been better at it. But for some reason, because uh, Bob, you were a beginner, like you, you looked at it differently. Did you ever come across anything like that? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, we both were, um, Linda, you know, we're watching videos on lynda.com. So I think there were some times when, you know, I, I couldn't really wait for Charles. Uh, I wanted to at first <laughs> and I tried to lean on Charles and say, okay, Charles can figure this out eventually. Um, but you know, he was tied into the data structure side, so I didn't really want to have to wait on the design part, um, you know, until he's finished with data structure. So I just said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to tackle this UI issue. I know it's a bug somewhere. I've got to figure it out. And I just would research and research until I finally, you know, got through and figured it out. And then I would text him immediately and say, I figured it out. <laughs> Yeah. So, which is a great feeling, you know, right. <laughs> after three or four hours and then, you know, taking a break and then, okay, I'm going to spend another hour on this till I finally figure this out. <laughs> okay. So let's do this. Uh, I want to get into app camp uh, specifically. Yeah. And before we do that, I want to take a quick uh, break for one announcement. Uh, and the announcement is that Nicole Jacques, I don't know, maybe I'm pronouncing her name correctly. She is a part of the Swift uh, Swift.org team. Uh, I'm not sure what her position is, but um, I found this on the uh, Swift Weekly Brief uh, by Jesse Squires. Uh, he, he mentioned it, but it's, it's from the mailing list, the Swift mailing list. And she is seeking volunteers to join a working group that aims to discuss and create a plan for the structure for the discourse-based forum. If you have ideas for how online discussions of Swift should take place, please consider volunteering. Now, I don't know if they have volunteers uh, already, they're totally booked up, or if they need more volunteers. Um, if they do need more volunteers and you're interested, essentially, if you, uh, you know, care about Swift evolution and you want to help facilitate uh, communication, uh, essentially they're moving off of this uh, email-based uh, sort of forums uh, or mailing list discussion to discourse based. Discourse is a, a website that you know, it's all about um, discourse, of course. <laughs> and yeah, so if you're interested in helping them, uh, the Swift project essentially move from the mailing list, you know, kind of format over to discourse, reach out to Nicole. Um, but in any case, if they are full and they, they don't uh, need any more volunteers, it's really cool to see that the uh, Swift team is opening up like this to, uh, you know, sort of get help from the community and build this uh, work group. This is kind of, I think, maybe like the second work group. The first maybe was the server-side work group. 
Um, yeah, so it's really cool. That's all I had. Uh, the link will be in the show notes. Yeah, that's all I had for that. And now, uh, Bob and Charles, let's get into App Camp more specifically. So let's say that I am a student at, um, at Asheville School. Uh, you guys, it sounds like you probably just finished up the, the fall, the fall like course. What was my experience like? Uh, you know, I sign up, I go day one. What do I, how, how long does the, the camp last and what's my experience like? Um, so you want to talk about the camp, specifically the summer camp, or you want to talk about the activity? Uh, let's say the last, you guys just finished up the fall, I'm, I'm assuming. What, what, what did you guys learn? Um, so usually when we have, um, last year was actually the first year we did app design acti- for the activity during the school year. And I think the most interesting thing was the difference between the summer app camp and the actual activity. The summer app camp is open to anyone. Um, and at the time uh, before this year, everything was pretty much uh, a day camp. So people would travel in from out of town just to stay for a week so their, so their kid could come to app camp. Um, and some people were, most of the people were actually local. And those people are all paid customers. <laughs> Um, so that means they're, they mean they want to be there. They're fully engaged. And it was a different experience when we started the activity in the afternoon, because these are students who are coming in from their classes after, you know, a full day of classes. Um, and they show up and they have their laptops open finally, and they're excited because they just finished up PE uh, which was a requirement, and they sit down with the laptop, and that that means they can get on Facebook and they can get on mm-hmm. other websites, and and so we had to learn quickly. We have to set some rules. That's, this is different. We're not used to this because, <laughs> as we mentioned, we both have full time jobs that are not teaching positions uh, necessarily. Um, this opportunity to teach the activity in the afternoon was our was our first step in the teaching realm, and so it was really difficult to make the adjustment I think just we just weren't expecting to deal with um, people that may not be interested in app design necessarily some people sign up because it's a a class that has computer involved maybe they don't want to be in PE or and I think at the end everyone's excited to be there because they actually learned something they didn't know but it's definitely a different experience from app camp okay so it sounds like there's two things there's the sort of extracurricular activity that you guys are calling activity mm-hmm. and then there's an app camp that is is it all year round is it only during the summer and that sounds like it's a camp that's open to the public that people actually pay for right yeah, that's that's a two-week camp it, it started out as a one-week camp um at the end of july and when was that in 2015 the first year and then then we decided to make make it a two-week camp um but a lot of people just signed up for one week, so we had like a different session, pretty much two different sessions, two different one-week sessions. Um, and then this year we want we want to have two different one-week sessions that are both residential, so it'll be a six-day residential camp, um, and we're, it's open to anyone, any school, um, ages thirteen to eighteen. They just um, you know they need to they need to fill out an application, and um, we'll probably have something that they need to write that, you know, at least shows that they're interested. Okay, so 
when when was the last like camp that you guys had like actual camp it was uh usually it's the last uh two weeks of july um and this this uh actually i probably should back up and explain where they at or how we were able to build the actual um or build the first camp the first week of app camp um so in the technology uh department we have we're a private boarding school, and so obviously our funds come from donor, um, from from donors, and we raise money to for the school. The technology department has sort of a benefactor, and typically I go to that person and say, "We need computers for this reason or for that reason, and this is how it uh, involves students." And this this uh, benefactor is basically an alum of the school. Uh, his name's James Cowan and uh, graduated in 1963. And his focus is, as long as what you're asking for is directly related to students and affects a student's life, I'm in. And so rather than asking for computers for random purposes uh, around campus, when Bob and I thought about you know, doing the app camp, we said, we know exactly who to go to to talk about this because this is what he's been harping on for years, that he wants his money to go towards student engagement. Um, and so we went to him and said, Mr. Cowan, we'd like for you to uh, consider purchasing computers for this app camp. And not only does it allow us to have uh, equipment for the app camp, we're going to use it throughout the school year for our library and other locations that we need computers. But in the summer, during this one week or two weeks now, we want to use it for the app camp. So you're not having to repurchase computers. We're using, we're using them over and over. It's gener- the, the camp generates revenue, and the revenue goes right back into technology activities. And so that's basically how the dominoes fell. And um, the first year we had 11 students, and he was happy about that because it, it, he and I basically had the same thought. If we can just have one student graduate from the camp, um, leave the camp, and get really excited about computer science and become a Steve Jobs or Bill Gates, We've done our job. Um, and so that's what he's really excited about. He's watched it from the beginning. Um, and so from the first year, it was 11 students. The next year, we had 25 students. Yeah, and that, and that first year, um, I, after, I was just so excited after a week of you know, spending a week teaching these kids and, and watching them you know, show me things in Xcode after the week was over. I mean, it was just amazing to see these kids, um, how quickly they they um, learned it. Um, so, you know, they had a full-scale app that we, you know, we helped them with, but they finished it in the, at the end. Um, they did uh, a selfie app, and then they also did a Flappy Bird app, uh, clone app. So having completed both those projects by the end of the week, I just thought that was really awesome um, to see, you know, these kids that came in, they didn't know anything really um, as far as coding, and they didn't have the background. Well, I was so excited. I just decided. I said, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna email Tim Cook uh, just on a whim," and didn't think I'd get a response. But I actually got a response, and I couldn't believe it. So, wow, he he responded. Um, and then after that, we had a call. Uh, I was actually on vacation the next week, and got a call from Apple, and they wanted to come out and see the school. So that was wow. uh, that was pretty cool. When was this? This was 2015. Wow. Summer, so what did yeah. you? What did you tell, what did you email Tim Cook? 
Um, I just told him we have this camp that we were teaching teaching the kids how to make apps using Swift, the new programming language, because you know at the time it was only a year old. Um, Not even. Yeah. Or yeah, I guess it was, it was a year old. Yeah, yeah. About a year old. Um, and you know, and we were still learning Swift at the time, so yeah. it was it was pretty ambitious to even have a camp that taught Swift that that early. Um, but we decided to to do it, and it was just it was uh, yeah, it was pretty cool to, that he responded. Well, we figured what did we he kn- say? we figured we knew more. He, than yeah, the it was kids something did. really brief. I mean, it was something like, "Oh, thanks, thanks for sharing," you know, and you know that was about it. But I, just the fact that he responded, I thought, "Oh, wow, this is cool." Yeah, and that's then, super cool. And then um, you know, fast forward to this year. Well, this year we did AR Kit, and we tackled that right after it was released at WWDC. So. We built a uh, 3D hot air balloon and had them launch the hot air balloon, um, put in the particle effects and all that. So uh, I thought that was exciting. We, we had a little video that talked about it. I sent that to Tim Cook, and he responded and said, Bob, that makes my heart sing. Uh-huh. So, that was, so that was pretty cool, too. I think, the, I think the other thing that was cool after Bob got the initial email we're thinking, well, his secretary probably responded. This is not <laughs> Tim Cook. And uh, Bob was on vacation, and we, our Apple representative called and said, so I'm not going to be your representative anymore. There's a new representative that's going to take over your account, and he wants to talk with you guys about your app camp. And so we met this new representative in this region, and he says, guys, I'm really excited um, to talk to you guys. And he said, um, Tim Cook is really excited about uh, your your email. And we're just looking at each other like, okay, he really he really did get the email. <laughs> he's like, and he actually sent your uh, letter to the entire executive team. Wow. And yeah, so that was that was kind of amazing. It's like, really, the entire executive team read my email. <laughs> so. So my feeling is that you know, there must be other kinds of camps uh, like these uh, you know, around the country and around the world. Is that true? And if so, then what do you think makes um, your guys' camp special? Is it just the fact that, you know, I mean, in the sense that, like, you know, you emailed Tim Cook and he responded mm. or that they came out or that the representative, is there something unique to where you guys live or um, maybe the access to this type of programming in your area? Well, I think a lot of schools, especially now, I think, uh, you know, our country is really focusing in on computer science. So I don't, computer science and programming are not unique to Asheville School. Um, So there's a lot of schools I've actually called around as part of my job to call around and find out what other schools are are doing in their curriculum. And most schools um, have you know, maybe an elementary-level computer science class or they have computer science AP. Um, some have clubs. It's pretty much the spectrum is pretty wide. But uh, there's not that many camps actually doing what we're doing. There, there are, I think there's ID Tech Camp and there's other tech camps out there that offer uh, quote-unquote programming. Um, and a lot, of site, uh, a lot of camps are doing uh, scratch uh, programming, which is a great start for, for um, elementary students. Um, and then they move up to Python or, or some uh, JavaScript. And a lot of times that's what you're dealing with with your programming camps. And now you're starting to see more Swift camps show up. I think it's when we did the initial app camp, there was Apple told us there was no one doing what we were doing. And even mm-hmm. now the way, we, the way we're doing our camp, they're still saying we're the only school doing it 
uh, and they're telling people across the East Coast about our school and our camp. And I think the I think it's not unique in that we're teaching programming. It's that we're teaching zero to sixty. When you leave here, you actually understand Swift, uh, have a fair knowledge of Swift, and it's just one week, and it's it's a pretty tight schedule. But at the end, I think we are really excited that it's possible to actually teach this in one week, and we feel like that's something special. And I do want to give a shout-out to uh, the App Camp for Girls because that was – I think that's the first time I'd really thought about an app camp um, was when I heard a podcast. I've forgotten which podcast it was now, but um, Gene McDonald, the founder, was interviewed uh, talking about, I think, the first year they founded their camp. And, and they were teaching Objective-C, and that's when I said, I'm not sure I'm ready for that one. Uh, but but I do want to give them some credit because, um, you know, they they were probably the first – app camp that I heard of. I think that makes sense. Uh, you know, maybe there are classes around the country where you can learn programming and maybe there are some extracurriculars. It sounds like though app camp is unique in the sense of, as, as you were saying, like it's very, um, it's interactive, it's, uh, very practical, like hands-on and you're mm-hmm. focused on one thing. It's, uh, you know, Swift and Xcode, at least, um, the, the camp, right? So the, yes. that focuses on Swift and Xcode, yep. like app development. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you said you do some robotics stuff too, but this app camp sounds like it focuses on Swift and Xcode. So I think that that's really cool. And maybe that, yeah, that's why then. Maybe it is unique. And I don't know, I guess maybe I'm in a bubble and I didn't think about that. I didn't think that, that I just assumed that there's like, there's already things out there for people to learn. like, And that my meetups, for instance, were just kind of like extra but I just assume that there are classes in high school and, and, you know, and younger where you can just learn these things. But you're saying that you're calling all these schools and you're talking to them and you're finding out that um, you're, you're still saying that what you guys are doing is unique. So that's really interesting. It sounds like we still have a lot of work to do in terms yeah. of um, making this type of learning more accessible. Yes, and that's something we're also we've applied for an Edward E. Ford Foundation grant. It's a $250,000 matching grant, and we've applied for that this year. And, and what we want to do is just grow the app camp so that we're actually teaching. There are teachers that come in who maybe, you know, have a technology class or two, or maybe they have a computer science class, but they want to teach Swift. And so we can teach them how to teach Swift and then take it back into their school system. Because it's not just about us. It's not just about our school. It's about giving back and making, you know, letting more kids who are out there learn. So I think that's a great idea. Have you guys started? So it sounds like you're doing the grant in order to sort of move in that direction. And we're Um, already talking about um, some partnerships, even if, you know, if the the grant doesn't come through, I think we still want to go in that direction. But that's something that could really help spark it, spark it quicker. How many times have you done the actual camp? It's a summer camp, and it's just, mm-hmm. that's it, right? Once yes. a year, a summer camp. How many times have you done it? Three times. Yeah. Three oh, times. wow. And so the first you said it was like 11 people, 25. How many people were at the last one? 40. And one thing that we learned about the app camp, the first year we had 11 students, and we kept having hang-ups with a couple of people, obviously, that, that were having trouble grasping the concepts. And it would tie our time up. And so we said, okay, you're number two. We're going to hire some assistants. Maybe some of the people that were in the first app camp or some smart, um, you know, computer science 
students who really would love to help younger people learn app design. Um, and so the second year we had 25 students and five TAs, I yeah. believe. And then this year, or this and those were those were previous App Camp attendees. So we've kind of trained our TAs every year, and that's been really great. We have one TA in particular, Jack Hamilton, who's at Georgia Tech now, and he's he's been really great. So you were saying that uh, twenty five people this year, five TAs, and then this uh, last year was forty students. How many TAs this time? Was it seven? I think we had seven this year. Yeah. Okay, and you're feeling like that's sort of the sweet spot you guys have found? Or? Yes. It is. it is. After a while, you start realizing there's too many students. But the 40 students was uh, over two weeks. Over two weeks. Um, yes. We did two separate sessions. So what we, wa- what we want to do is every year make the next progressive step. And so we had 11 students. Um, the next year it was 25. The next year it was two separate weeks. Um, and so we feel so like... 20, 20 students... Uh, each week. Each week. Okay. Okay. And then, yeah, and then now this summer, uh, we want to make it a residential camp. So. Wow. And that'll be two weeks as well. Yes. Right. So it'll be or, two separate weeks as well. And and because a lot of what we've heard, there's been a few people who traveled from out of town to come to our camp. The parents will stay in Asheville. It's a wonderful place to stay for a week, but not everyone can do that. And a lot of parents said, you know, if this was residential. We would definitely do it, but I don't see how my my child can, um, you know, I don't see how we can make it to Asheville um, and get a hotel and have him come to the camp. And so that was something we had in the back of our minds. Um, so now it's like a real camp. The student can can leave home, come over to stay. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming they're staying at the school. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so they stay at the school, and the parents don't need to come because they're yes. safe at the school. Yes. Oh, okay. And because it's a boarding school, so during the summer, all the normal students are, you know, on summer vacation. Yes. Right. Yeah, so we have That's the facilities. I mean, it's just, it just, it's just exactly what we wanted to do day one. We just wanted to start small um, and, you know, and kind of build from there. And, and we, we had residential in mind ever since we started. Um, but now that we're, we're in year four, I think it's the perfect time to start the residential side. That's super cool. Yeah, I always want to do some kind of like, you know, conference or camp or I don't know something. You know, I definitely enjoy giving back and teaching and and doing events. And I uh, like, you know, it's nice to hear that you guys did that and you started small and you're you know you're building up uh, towards towards the you know just making it more and more what you want it to be. Uh, what is the reaction that you're getting from these students? Oh, I think it's great. Um, you know, especially this year, I think it just went so well because we started, you know, we started with the basics and then we went right into AR kit and they their eyes lit up. <laughs> and, you know, that was just a perfect kind of icebreaker. And then going into the tutorial after that. So they, they spent a lot of time with AR kit. Some of them went back to AR kit at the end, uh, started making their own projects. Um, you know, and then they wanted to build their own 3D models, and we said, "Well, that's another camp." <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, I think you know, just just having that tutorial. Uh, I'll say again, Jack Hamilton actually wrote the entire tutorial before the camp, um, and and stepped them through it. So, having the TAs and kind of training those TAs has really been helpful for us as well. 
He created an iBook that we shared for all, with all the students. So the last two days, he actually walked them through making a Galaga clone. Um, so that was really amazing just to to look at this this student who had come through our ranks, and here he is teaching with us. That's awesome. That must be very uh, gratifying. It is. It is. It now is. I can understand what Mr. Gabriel was saying about giving back. It it it, it all clicked. And I think so, I think as far as the app camp, one thing that that we really enjoy is the way that we break the ice with our peanut butter and jelly activity in the very beginning. Because when people come in, there's you know there's 25 students or so, and everyone's completely quiet, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they don't know what to expect. What have I gotten myself into? And after we have a keynote, um, we, we, we were glad to have Apple be a part of that. They sent an engineer to be a part of our keynote opening keynote, and uh, after we do that, we have peanut butter and jelly activity, which they get peanut butter and jelly, they split into groups, and they have to tell the TA how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And it's hmm. a great icebreaker because they're laughing, they're, they're having a good time, they're taking pictures and sending them back home, uh, because no one knows how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich um, when you have to write every single step out on paper. It gets, it gets really messy. <laughs> <laughs> And so we break the ice, and then we sit them down and say, why did we explain that to you? Why, why, is, why, why was that uh, example given? And we actually go into the importance of following directions, and the computer will only compile what, what you've written. And, and uh, then we proceed from there and headlong into the basics of computer science. Have you found any students that... Uh, I mean, I, I guess I'm wondering... Are, are the students aware that this is something that they can, you know, really fall in love with, get good at and, you know, work and, and have a job or they can even build their own idea and potentially create a business out of it? Um, what What's like the interest and excitement like? I think we've had quite a few students who came in, their expectations were to just do a computer science class, a cool class or, you know, camp and there's some that those those students coming in, they'll leave and they'll say, wow, I didn't realize it was, you know, I, I understand this much. I didn't understand, I didn't understand anything when I first walked in the door, but now I really understand how this works. And, and what we tell them in App Camp is all of you aren't going to leave and go into computer science. Some of you are going to go into medical. Some will go into, you know, con- construction field, or you're going to go into modeling, or you're going to go into whatever field you're interested in. But I feel like computer science is a complementary subject. It's not like Mr. Gabriel used to say, you can go into computer science, but it might be a mindless job. But what's most important, I think, people are realizing, especially in this new world of artificial intelligence, is it affects every part of our life, and it will in the future. And we just want them to see that, you know, if you're in the medical field and you know how to write software, maybe you realize, hey, there's no this this issue, you know, this particular problem hasn't been solved before in the medical field, but I know how to write software. I'm going to solve this problem. Um, and so I think that's what we aim for in, in an app in the app campus to let people know that it's not an isolated field. It's sort of a branch off of math that is uh, only for nerds. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, and I think a lot of the people walk away realizing how important it is to, to um, have this complementary skill. And what, uh, talk some about like the challenges that you guys have 
um, you know, faced and overcome. You, know, you have these students coming into this camp. Uh, maybe their families are there with them. Uh, you know, they're in town or maybe, maybe they live locally, but it's the summer and they're there trying to just enjoy themselves. But obviously they come to the camp. They, they're paying for it. Um, and, you know, you guys are just, you know, you're two fellas and you're just trying to build this, you know, educational kind of environment. What are some of these challenges that you, you, know, you faced and how did you overcome them? I think, I think going back to that first year, the first year um, was tough because we had some, some, some of, uh, I guess, some younger, younger um, students who weren't quite as focused and so we didn't have the luxury of having TAs in the back to help um, so that we could move on. So there was a lot of stopping and starting and stopping and starting because we wanted every, we didn't really didn't want to leave anyone behind. Um, so, but at the same time, I think there were some kids that were kind of getting bored and, you know, maybe playing some games uh, in the background. Uh, so I think that next year when we had the TAs, it went much more smoothly. And looking forward to, uh, you know, forward to the future, can you talk more about, you know, where you want to see this going? I know you were saying you want to do the residential, uh, you want to start training people. Um, just talk, talk more about, like, where you want to see it go and uh, what are some of the biggest, like, hurdles that you need to overcome? Like, how can how can people help? What are, what are some things you need? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I just think there there are a lot of opportunities out there to, um, you know, in, incorporate not just our school, but um, you know, during the, the afternoon, incorporate some other um, some other middle schools in our area. Also, bring in teachers um, over the summer and train them because, um, really, I, I I think, you know, Apple can only do so much. I mean, they're focused on, you know, what they have to release and education is important, but it's not what they're focused on as much. Um, and I think that we could probably help in that regard. Um, and I'm sure there are others that could as well, but that's, that's just something that we feel like is important that there's so many high schools out there that aren't teaching any computer science and it's just, it's really sad and it's, it, it shouldn't happen. And, you know, I said I had that elective in high school, but I didn't remember it. Um, because it was for a half a semester, um, and I didn't have anything after that. So I just I went to a big public school, and I feel like there's so many public schools, so and private schools that aren't that aren't teaching computer science. And I think I think Bob, um, what what Bob is saying too is that it's really important to teach. We know that the that the United States is really harping on computer science in high schools. It's a big initiative going on right now and um, I'm a little bit biased because I, my high school report was on artificial intelligence so <laughs> now I'm thinking see I was right <laughs> I was right that this was going to be the Skynet was coming <laughs> <laughs> I think the important thing is people um, understanding what it what it takes to be able to problem solve and do critical thinking that's what we say a lot here and it's more than just buzzwords because I think, at least I feel that America has slipped in terms of really understanding how to do problem solving and critical thinking. I think that we, we're great managers. Um, I think we make good leaders and bosses, but do we actually know what makes the world tick? Um, I think that other countries have spent a long 
time really focusing on that, and we're behind, and now the world is being run by artificial intelligence. People don't even realize how much it is and how much it's going to be. And so when you have a shortage of computer science um, or people that at least understand how code works, that could be that could, that's the potential for for a dangerous situation. I think Elon Musk and Stephen Hawking are afraid of artificial intelligence for that very reason. Um, and in, and their point is, um, we need to we need to be teaching more computer science. And I think high school is the perfect time to teach it. Um, earlier than that, you can teach Scratch and basic concepts. But where it really gets serious is the high school level. Not I think the mistake we've made is that everyone waits to college to actually introduce computer science and I think if it weren't for Mr. Gabriel I would be I don't know how well I would have done in computer science in college I think that I would have struggled a lot and because of what he taught me you know I was sitting in class and everyone's got their hands raised and I'm thinking this is awesome I understand all of this <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that's what I think about as we do the app camp and the activities that the students come in, they don't really realize right now what's what we're giving them, but um, some of them are starting to realize it, um, that maybe came in as freshmen and sophomores and went through app camp or take some of the activities. They come back, you know, this year they've come back and said, oh, yeah, I used that Photoshop stuff you taught me last year. I made a cool <laughs> meme. <laughs> so, And one, you know, one of our graduates from app camp, I think it was two weeks after he finished app camp, he had an app on the app store. Wow. It was a little simple game that he created that had ads on it, and I think he had some some McDonald's money uh, that he earned <laughs> off of that app. <laughs> nice. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your stories with us. Uh, is there anything else uh, related to you know App Camp or uh, anything you wanted to share before we close the episode? Uh, I think we could just tell you the dates. So um, July the 8th through the 13th is the first week for the summer, 2018. And July 15th through the 20th is the second week. And so technically anybody from, I guess, around the world can come to App Camp, right? Yes. Oh, yes. And so maybe um, in, it's ages 13 to 18, you said? Yes. Yes. Only prerequisite yeah. is being able to speak English. Okay, or at least yeah, understand so, English. <laughs> so who knows? And maybe uh, some some kids could uh, convince their parents to take them to Asheville uh, to vacation for yes. uh, for a week. You know, their parents could see Asheville, or uh, just you know, it sounds like you're going to have a residential uh, opportunity potentially. Or is that set in stone? Or yes, that we are doing the residential. Yes. Okay. There you go. So. You could even um, have a, a little summer trip without your parents, <laughs> and you go stay at the uh, the Asheville school, have your own bedroom. Uh, maybe you'll share it with a roommate, and it'll be like a real camp. Uh, you know, obviously, not like a fire, uh, you know, campfire camp, but like a yeah. you know a summer camp at, at a school, staying in a boardroom. I actually did that one time. It's kind of fun. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Well, I, I wish you guys luck with that. And uh, thanks for having us. Yeah, my pleasure. It sounds, uh, you know, really cool what you guys are doing. Um, I, I know exactly the feeling, you know, giving back and, and the, the sort of the feeling you get when you give and, and you you help people and they appreciate what you do for them. And I totally understand what you're saying in terms of uh, increasing the number of people that have at least a basic understanding and awareness of computer programming, computer science. It's so ubiquitous these days, right? We all use mm -hmm. computers. And uh, 
And thank you for opening my eyes in terms of, uh, you know, Charles, uh, Charles, what you were saying about how you call these places and they don't have, uh, you know, they might not have the the level of you know programming courses that maybe you guys are trying to uh, you know, do at your camp. I don't know. I just assume that everybody's learning programming by by now in school, and so I'm surprised to learn mm-hmm. that that uh, we could do better. Um, so yeah, thank you for sharing that, and uh, yeah, thank you for sharing your story, Bob. You know you. Yeah are new to this stuff. I think it's really inspiring. You come from more of like a design background and here you are uh, teaching Swift and starting this camp. Uh, I think that's a really inspiring story. And, and Charles, you know, learning basic um, way back then, or not, it's not even that far long ago. I don't know why you said it. it's not that long ago. You're only 38. And, uh, Those computer years. That's a long time. Uh, okay. And uh, what is it? Your advanced... Um, the, the AG academically gifted uh, course and they had that computer that Apple computer and uh, you, know, you did your basic you were doing some basic programming because they had it on the back of the, the book you know and uh, what you, you fast forward to your your class with Mr. Gabriel and starting the computer club and then starting the class Mr. Gabriel started the class and you started learning Pascal and then Fast forward to your your school, like college days, where you had that one teacher, and you guys were learning object-oriented programming, and uh, you know now you guys are here, running this camp, you know, making the world a better place. That's what you guys are doing. <laughs> we're trying. <laughs> we're trying. You. That's right. Yes, that's what we're trying to do. <laughs> so thank you so much. I wish you uh, luck with the app camp, and who knows, maybe we'll do an app camp here in California, Southern California, one day. Awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, well, thank you so much, guys. All right, thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. And that's the show, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Swift Coders podcast. Feel free to share the show with a friend, leave a review on iTunes, or recommend us on Overcast. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to say hi, contact me on Twitter. Until next time. Go swiftly, my friends. Thank you.